Hi everyone and welcome back to Behind the Books. In today's episode, we're going to be doing the book cake tag. So this is a tag that I found online and it's by, currently I think her channel is called Reading Lorna, but she's privated most of her videos now. So I got the questions from a different page. But what this tag basically is, is every single ingredient in a cake is connected to a prompt about a book. And then for each ingredient, you have to name whatever book you pick for that. And then you've got your cake. Sounds simple enough. Yes. And I also quickly want to say, before we start the tag, that for anyone who missed our last episode, we're going to post every single week now. Every single Friday, we're going to upload a new episode. Very exciting. Should we get started? Yes. So the first layer of our cake is flour, which is a book that was really slow to start, but picked up as it went along. Lena, would you like to go first? All right. I'll go first for this one. I put two down because I couldn't pick. Um, so the first one that I put down is the book Thief by Marcus Suzak, which I've seen everywhere on like book award pages. It's a very beautifully written book. It's also written in the perspective of death, which is still one of the coolest narrators I've ever seen. And it's basically about this little girl in Nazi Germany as she goes to live with a foster family as the rest of her family has been killed. Follow this little girl through um, the war in her little German town. And it's narrated by death because he keeps coming to visit this little town because people keep dying. And then at the very end, he visits her. And this was a really beautifully written book. It's still one of the most beautiful pieces of writing I've ever read. But it wasn't very interesting in the beginning for me. Because I don't really like war literature a lot. Like it's very hit and miss for me. I mean, I say that, but I feel like every book I've read about World War II I've loved, so... But oh well. I think they're hard to get through. This book felt very, very slow for me, because it took me a really long time to start reading, like, the middle part. It took me very long to get there. Then once I did, I was like, wow, this is beautiful, and I almost cried when I finished it. And then the other book that I put down is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which was also a huge book when it came out, um, by Stieg Larsson. It's set in Sweden. And this journalist is asked to come on this island and solve the disappearance of this. He's like the head of a really wealthy family. And his granddaughter disappeared over 40 years ago. So this journalist is asked to go through all the research this man has collected to see if he can kind of put the pieces together. And then he's kind of joined by this girl called Lisbeth Salander. I don't think I'm saying that right. And she's kind of really good at internet detective, like being an internet detective and hacking and stuff like that. And you kind of get to see their troubled lives as well as piecing together this mystery. But the thing is, this book is a really hard like tone to get into. Like it's a very grim, convoluted book. And you kind of have to get through that before you get to the interesting part where the mystery picks up. And I was reading someone else's copy of this book. And so if I didn't have to like give them the copy back, I don't think I would have finished it. But I'm really glad I did because it was like a really good ending. The book that I chose for this one was Nightfall. It's the fourth book in the Devil's Night series by Penelope Douglas. And this one was a chunky book. Like the other three, they were like, you know the size of the quill prints? I think it's either roughly that length 
or like even slightly shorter maybe because it's like a fast-paced romance novel in this book is like double the size of those ones and the reason why it was so slow to start is because in like the present um i can't say much without spoiling it since it's the fourth and last book in the series so i can't really say much without spoiling it but you basically follow the main character as she's stuck in a house with other characters and so it's just kind of gets a little bit tedious and you're like are they ever gonna get out and then they don't get out and then you're like okay so it's gonna be in this for the rest of the book and then like the ending that went by so quickly although it got kind of weird at some point but i can't say why without spoiling it because you have to read the first three <laughs> but yeah it picked up a lot but it kind of had like this sudden pace change when the characters kind of realized what was going on and then these random people showed up and it was all wrapped up and you were like whoa okay that was that was the ending <laughs> that's the weirdest advertisement for a book i've ever heard <laughs> they're stuck in a house and they don't know why and they stay like that for 400 something pages <laughs> longer i think yeah i think it's like maybe 600 or 500 pages but I can't say anything without spoiling mysteries of the first three books. And I'm currently reading book one, so that would be kind of sad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. For the next element in our cake is margarine. And for that, it's the prompt, a book that has a rich and great plot. I, okay. I haven't finished this book yet, but it's so good so far that I feel like I can count it. But that is The Song of Achilles. I know, everyone raves about it, but it deserves it, so I'm gonna put it down for this one because the plot and like the way that it's written really emphasizes the plot more as well, like the style of writing, and it's just so beautiful. And if you don't know what the Song of Achilles is about, it's about, okay, I'm gonna pronounce his name so wrong, Patroclus? Is that? No idea. Well, Achilles and Patroclus, I think and their relationship and there's you basically follow patroclus from a child up until i don't know yet because i haven't finished it but you follow his life with achilles who they become really close friends and follows their story and it's written so beautifully and the plot just it is dramatic but it's not like it's not like let's say it's not like the Devil's Night series where anything and everything could happen. You know, like it make like this book it makes sense for the times that it was in and the mythology and yeah. I really need to read this book. You do. And I saw that Illumicrate has a beautiful 10th anniversary edition that's like dark green and gold and with quotes on the spine and I really want to get that. It's so beautiful for the Song of Achilles and Circe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were so pretty, but they were so expensive. I know. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> but I really need to read this book as well. Okay. What I put down for this prompt is a book that I read a while ago. And it's not even a book that I, like, particularly love. Like, it's not really in my genre or something I usually read. But it was written so well that I'm putting it down for this prompt. And that is Sadie by Courtney Summers. Now, this was everywhere for a while, but what it basically is about is it's about this girl, Sadie, who goes missing. She runs away, 
And this is in response to the fact that her sister got murdered, I think a year or something like that ago. And then you see this guy with a podcast (laughs) trying to figure out what happened to her. And each chapter alternates between Sadie's perspective, and you can tell that she's a couple steps ahead of the guy who's creating this podcast to follow her or try and find her. But while he's creating this podcast, he's interviewing all these people. And so you're kind of slowly piecing together what happened surrounding both Sadie running away and her sister getting murdered. And the ending is kind of left ambiguous, as far as I remember. The writing style in the podcast sections made this book so much better. Because every time I was reading a chapter from Sadie's perspective, who, like, I don't really like thriller or mystery or anything in that genre, but I was tolerating these chapters in Sadie's perspective because I thought the podcast medium to tell a book was so interesting and all these interviews were so interesting. And so I put it down for rich and great plot because these podcast sections made this book seem like it had the most interesting plot ever even though I didn't really think so. That's why I didn't rate it very high, because it's not really my genre. But if you're ever going to read a book in that genre, please read Sadie, because it's so well-written. I will. i kind of intrigued for this whole podcast format, but also I can't promise you that I'll like it. (laughs) But, like, it makes a plot that I didn't really like, or not not like, but a plot that wasn't really my thing so much better. Yeah. Okay. The next element in our cake is eggs. (laughs) For this, it's the prompt, a book that you thought was going to be bad, but turned out quite enjoyable. Ooh. Okay. For this one, I put down a book that I, okay. I don't really hate read books because I have trouble getting through a book I don't like in general. And so if I pick books that I don't like to read, I'm never going to like read anything ever. So I try and pick books that I always enjoy. But what happened here, right, is I was on a bit of a poetry spree. And you read poetry a lot faster than you read novels. So I was, like, trying to read more books while I was in this mood. And so one of the books I picked up, even though I didn't have very high expectations, was The Universe of Us by Lang Leave. And she's quite big in terms of poetry. I've heard her name thrown around a couple times. And this is one of her newer books. And it's basically a poetry collection about love. And the thing is, it's not just normal poems. It's also just a paragraph of text or a couple sections of dialogue. And usually I hate these kinds of collections because they feel very thrown together. They feel very minimal effort. But this one just gave me such a strong impression of like an understanding of love and an exploration of love. And at the end, I was like, wait a second, I really, really enjoyed that book. (laughs) Even though I'm not a big fan of contemporary poetry, because again, it feels very like, let me type out a sentence, click shift a couple times and publish it, and then everyone's going to love it. And like, that's fine, but that's prose, that's not poetry. But this one is kind of like that. It's a little bit less like um, Rupi Kaur, something like that. But it's so beautiful. Just, it's so beautiful. (laughs) How long is this? Because I might read it. Let me Goodreads this. Okay, the book is 204 pages, but I read it in a night. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it doesn't read like poetry usually does. Like you have to like take a break between every poem to like let it sink in for a second. Mm -hmm. It reads very beautifully. And 
I honestly, I highlighted and then typed up a bunch of quotes from this book because it's so, I don't know how to explain this, but it like boils down the essence of love. Anyway, <laughs> let me see if I have any pretty ones. Okay, so this is an example that just kind of, like, I had to take a second after this to, like, let it sink in. And it was a section of uh, dialogue. And the first person says, some people don't know what they have until it's gone. And the other person says, but what about those who do know? The ones who never took a damn thing for granted, who tried their hardest to hold on, yet could only look on helplessly while they lost the thing they loved the most. Isn't it so much worse for them? And I was like, whoa. Whoa. That's very much what this book of poetry did to me, even though it's completely not my style. So that's definitely a book that I was expecting not to hate, but like I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. Now now I want to read this. It's a very accessible book of poetry. It's not pretentious at all. Like if you're going to read poetry, you should read this one. I shall then. You're just going to have to remind me. <laughs> Next time I say I don't know what to read. <laughs> Lily, you promised me. <laughs> but yes. And now it's your turn. Okay. Um, the book that I put down for this one is Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. Um, this one, I didn't necessarily, like, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be bad. I just had heard very mixed opinions on Colleen Hoover books like I think they're kind of very hit or miss and you either love them or you're just like nah this is not for me but this one like I kind of went in the like synopsis I was like okay that sounds kind of interesting but like mm, is that really what I want to be reading but I think the main reason why I read it was because I wanted to know what a Colleen Hoover book was like and also it is very popular on like TikTok and stuff like that right now and I gave it a chance and I read it very quickly and I really liked it like basically it's about these two characters I completely forgot their names <laughs> but you have the main female character who is like a medical student I believe or already a doctor and then you have the male character who is an airplane pilot and it's basically like their romance and it's like one of those two different timeline plots and the past timeline you follow the pilot when he was younger as a teenager and you like hit like the style that that's written is very much maybe not poetic but like mm, lyrical maybe yeah like it's not structured like a normal book and it got me to cry which uh it, it did something <laughs> if it got me to cry and yeah I was expecting to be like kind of not like I didn't expect to love it as much as I did that's for sure but I didn't expect to hate it or anything so yeah that's Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover yeah same I can never pick up a book that I hate, so this question was kind of hard for me to answer as well. Okay, the next one is Sugar. So this is a sugary slash sweet book. The book that I put down for this one is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Now this book has been getting so much attention recently for the best reasons because it's such a cute book. Like It's like a rom-com novel. 
and I don't really watch ro- like I don't really watch rom coms. Like they're just not something that I like gravitate to when watching something. However, reading this rom com style book, wow, was it so much fun because every page you were like, Ooh, okay, this is fun. I like where this is going. And the characters it just had such a cute dynamic and you like you you knew how it was gonna end. But that didn't stop you from reading. But there was like a plot twist that I didn't see coming and I was like, whoa. Now it makes sense because it was quite a like basic plot twist, if you will. Because I was just so what's the word in- like engaged in the story that the simplest of plot twists, which honestly was like not foreshadowed, but it was like kind of a simple plot twist. I was just so engaged in it that I just it appeared and I was like, whoa, I was not expecting this. But yeah. <laughs> I need to read. I need to read The Love Hypothesis. Yeah. And I've heard people compare the people on the cover to a couple in Star Wars. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Yeah. They compared it to uh, Kylo Ren and Rey from Star Wars as a couple. Raylo, that's what they're called. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of into that while watching and reading the Star Wars books because I went that far. <laughs> and so I need to read this book as well. Okay. And the book that I put down for the sugar prompt was kind of a surprise for myself because everything about this prompt screams a romance novel, but it's not, even though I like love the romance genre. The book that I put down is The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. I'm going to introduce this book because it's quite an old book. But what happens is this little girl called... Wow, what's she called? (laughs) Great start, great start. (laughs) I think she's called Mary. So the book revolves around this little girl called Mary Lennox. And her parents, they moved... They're British, but they moved to India to be part of the colonizing thing that Britain did over there. Um, But the thing is, everyone in that village basically dies from cholera. And so she's this very spoiled little girl and she's always been under the control of like nannies and stuff like that. So she's not gotten a lot of attention when she was young. And so she's a very um, attention-seeking, annoying little girl. But then she is brought back to England because now she's under the care of her uncle, who has this huge manor house in the moors of Yorkshire. And... While she's there, she gets her own room, she gets a nanny again. She doesn't get any attention from this uncle, but she's kind of slowly growing bored. But then she meets this little boy called Dickon, and he's kind of slowly showing her, like, the wildlife and stuff like that around these moors, because he's very much like an animal whisperer. (laughs) And then Mary, in this house she's in, starts hearing these things at night. She hears screaming, she hears talking, and she's like, what the hell is that? And so she finds out that her uncle has been hiding his son called Colin. And he's a very sickly little boy. He's always in his bed in his wheelchair. But slowly her and Colin become friends. And she keeps telling Colin these beautiful stories about Dickon and all the animals that he's bringing in and showing her and stuff like that. And so they decide to bring Colin outside. And while they're outside, they find this little locked up garden. Like it's locked around... um, It's within brick walls and like it's unlocked by a key that they found. And together with the help of the gardener, they slowly start restoring this beautiful garden. And that's as much as I'm going to tell you about plot because that's already 
not spoiling anything. Like you can find that out from the synopsis, but the rest of it would be spoiling the ending. But it's such a wholesome book and it gives you so much like it makes you want to go outside and plant plants, if you know what I mean. And it's written in a very like magical realism kind of style. Like it makes you feel like these plants are like magic and like the world around you is magic. And then the ending happens and it's the most wholesome thing you could have imagined. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Just, yeah. I gave it five out of five. It's also my aunt's favorite book ever. And I so understand that. Like it's also probably one of my favorite classics, even though it's literally a children's book. Yeah. And then the next element in the cake is the icing, which is a book covering every single element you enjoy. Should I start for this one? Yeah. Okay, so the book I put down is a book that pretty much I think almost everyone who reads it loves it. And it's called, I'm saying that because Lily didn't love it. She kind of liked it. (laughs) Um, I'm throwing you under the bus here. But it's Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. And I haven't gotten to reading her other book yet, One Last Stop. I really, really should, because I've heard it's even better than this one. But it's Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. And that is because, my friends, it has enemies to lovers. It has, like, not fake dating, but, like, a fake friendship, like, forced to be together and act like they're okay. But then it has secret dating. And another element which I love in books, which I don't really know how to describe, is, like, when there's an element of, like the public or media is interested like whether that's you're a celebrity or you're a royal or you're important some other way that i love i don't know why that's an element i love but it's something i love in books and red white and royal blue has all of that and the banter is unparalleled like it's written in such a funny way Hmm. so that's my book um the book which is actually a manga which i put down is given and I've only actually read the first volume, but from what I know is that it's, and like from what I've read, it's about, or at least mainly about these two guys, and one of them is in a band, and he plays the guitar, and he suddenly comes across this guy who's like sleeping in the spot that he normally sleeps at in school, and this guy just has a guitar on him and he unwillingly and kind of annoyedly annoyedly sure we'll go with that (laughs) um teaches this guy that he just met how to play the guitar and or at least tries to and it turns out that he can actually sing pretty well as well and they're not enemies or anything but it's just so funny because he's so annoyed at this poor kid who just wants to learn how to play the guitar and you can tell that it's gonna go on like i'm pretty sure it's gonna go into a romance but and it's also kind of not necessarily forced proximity but the characters put proximity onto themselves because now they go to band practice you know and like a big part of it is dialogue within band practice and it's just it's also wholesome uh, except for one of the guy's pasts but you know (laughs) you just remembered a bunch of weird shit happened (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really good 
I really need to read the next ones. You make me want to read all the books you like. What do you call it? Pitch? You made me want you wow, she can't English today. <laughs> you make me want to read all the books that you're pitching here. I feel like I pitched them so badly though, because like my brain forgets important plot moments and then I'm like, oh, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. The next element of archaic, second last element, is sprinkles. And the problem for this is a book series that you can turn to for a little pick-me-up when you're feeling down. Well, see, I don't reread books. <laughs> I don't think I have ever actually fully, completely reread a book. Like, I remember I tried rereading the selection like a year after I read it, and I just gave up. So, yeah, I just, I can't reread nor really rewatch things because it kind of loses that initial emotion that I had whilst reading it. And so maybe if I like read a really bad book or like a bad book that I thought that like in my opinion was bad, but like the general public thought was good and then I reread it, then maybe I would have like a different opinion on it. But I just can't reread books. <laughs> I used to be like that and now I've almost reread every single one of my favorite books. <laughs> because like I used to be like, well why would I waste time going back to an old book when I can instead discover something new? But at this point, it's like those books make me feel great and I trust them to be good books because I know they are. And so sometimes you just need to know you're going to read a good book. Yeah, I love reading, rereading books that I like. I need to start rereading a couple books that I read a while ago and that I know were good and now they're kind of up for a reread. Red, White, and Royal Blue is one of them. For me... The books that I turn to whenever I'm like a little depressed <laughs> is a collection of audiobooks, right, by this narrator, Karen Savage. And she narrates most of Jane Austen's books. But like, if I'm ever feeling like down, I will especially reread Pride and Prejudice or Persuasion because every time I come back to them, it's just the same like good emotions like I'm always happy for these characters and I always love like the little jokes and stuff like that that you don't even catch on the first read so yeah I return to some of my favorite books in the Austin universe especially Persuasion though like I used to first really like Pride and Prejudice mm -hmm. but then I read that three times and so now I'm kind of rereading Persuasion whenever I want to reread something all right and the last element of our cake is the cherry on top and that is the favorite book of the year so far. I'll go first because I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this one. Because, I mean, okay, I tried during this tag to stay away from my, like, casual, the same four answers that I give every time. But it was so hard for this question because those four books are the four books on my favorite shelf. You know what I mean? Like, they're just the best books I've read. So I picked the one I've talked about the least here. And that is Know My Name by Chanel Miller. I'm going to give a very brief description because this book does go into sexual assault and things like that, so I'm not going to be very explicit with what I'm saying. It's basically an autobiography or a memoir written by the girl who was the victim in the Stanford sexual assault case, and then she posted a victim impact statement, and it was posted to BuzzFeed. She wrote it, and it was posted to BuzzFeed, and it went viral because she like expressed what a lot of people who had been in similar situations felt, and she expressed it really well. And then she decided to run with that and write a book. And it's one of the most well-written memoirs I've ever read. But also, like, her social commentary is so 
on point. You know what I mean? She puts into words stuff that you've been feeling, but you don't know how to express. And she manages to relate her situation to everything else going on in the world because it is part of a culture, but she can put it into words and make those connections so well. And it's just also beautiful writing. Like Chanel Miller, like she was a writer before this happened to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my, one of my favorite books of the year. Definitely favorite memoir of the year. Um, the one that I put down is Lore and Lust by Carla Nicole. This book, I don't actually know how I stumbled upon it, but it's not very popular to my understanding. But I love it so much. It's basically a romance about these two vampires. One of them's from Japan and the other one's from Italy. And it's just this really cute romance between these two vampires. And the world building is... I don't really know much about like vampire lore. So like this, like the world building could be like typical vampire lore or it could be something that the author adapted, you know, so I don't know. But the world building was enough for me, like enough as in some people I saw like felt like there was lacking world building. But in my opinion, the world building wasn't necessarily the part that you were supposed to focus on. It was the romance between the two characters. And I love both these characters so much. Like, I just want to give them both a hug and meet them. And the writing is so beautiful. Like, it is very descriptive and very, like, metaphorical. But I really love it. And I couldn't recommend it more. So, yeah. And the cover is beautiful. It is. Oh, and it's a trilogy, I believe. Or at least so far it's a trilogy. And I, yeah, I really want to buy these books now and have them on my shelf on display for the rest of my life. I didn't realize it was a trilogy. Neither did I. And then I realized and I was like, oh, this is going to be a long ride. <laughs> oh, wow. These covers are pretty. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not usually into Supernatural. Like, I don't know. Twilight. Wait, did you read Twilight? I never read Twilight, but I watched one of the movies and that was enough for me because Twilight <laughs> turned me off vampires and werewolves for so long. See this one. But these look really good. It's really good. Oh my god, I love how the Goodreads description just ends with mature sexual content, full stop. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love like stories that are set in the real world but have magical elements or not magical but fantasy yeah. elements to it like japanese vampires sounds so cool it it's like a world where both vampires and humans live and it's our world except i think a different time but it incorporates like so many cultural things and okay i'm pretty sure it says in the description that they like travel the world they don't necessarily travel the world they just go to like like, it's mainly set in England, then they go to Italy, and then they go to Japan. But the descriptions of these places are just so pretty. And it's also, like, a dual point of view. And so, yeah, it's just, mm-hmm, it's good. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. So, that's the end of this tag. We have built our cake. <laughs> we built our book cake. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys enjoyed this, first of all. And we hope you were the inspired to read some of these books because these are all books that we really 
love, I think. And hopefully soon we'll have more recommendations once we start reading more. <laughs> it's always the same four books. But yeah, that'll be today's episode. And if you are listening on Apple Podcast, please, it would help us out so much if you could give us a rating and possibly even a review. Thanks for listening. Bye.